unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Just gets me gassed up every time. And please welcome Mr. Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. It is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, here to help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. We've got an exciting show for you tonight. Get a pen and paper ready because you're going to be thinking about a lot of questions to ask my guest. And I know this is for a fact because I know you guys too well. So thank you guys, whether you're watching live or on the replay, whether you're watching this video cast or you're listening to it on the audio podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. I got some exciting news. I don't think I announced this on the last show, but I'm not really big into the numbers on my show. I mean, I look at my numbers periodically through my hosting service for my podcast, especially this appears on all the different podcast platforms. Then it also appears on YouTube as well. <clears throat> so I really never look at it, but occasionally I do. But I found out this other day that there's this thing called listen notes and ListenNotes.com. And if you go on there, I guess it tracks all the records from all the podcasts all across the world. I'm sure it can't capture everyone, but I think it was up to like 6 million or something like that. I don't know how many podcasts there are. But out of those 6,857,000, whatever it is, this one is in the top 10% globally. So thank you very much. I was a little, I was very proud about that. Um, looking at the other data, I was like, well, you know, it's okay. You know, you don't know what to really do. You know, it's like comparing dicks. You don't want to compare dicks because then you'd be like, oh, fuck, now I know. You know, it's kind of that stuff. So, hey, I know you guys are, I know, I know some people are laughing about that one because you know people do that. I don't know if girls do that or not. Do you guys like pull your tits out and go, hmm, like, damn, you bitch. I don't know. Well, actually, I know you guys do that because I have a lot of girlfriends who tell me that you guys do that stuff. It's like, Chris, you think guys are weird. Girls are really weird. Enough of that. I digress. So, um, yes. Yeah, so the show is doing great. Thank you very much for that. If you watch the show a lot, do me a favor, do me a solid, go over to iTunes, go to Spotify, go to iHeart, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe to the show. You know, normally I don't ask you guys for anything. I don't do run ads on the show. This is just me and you guys I've been doing this now for 200 and something, something shows. You should know this, Chris. I think we're on show 205. So we've done 204 shows. Um, yes. So thank you guys all for that. But go over there and subscribe to it. Give me, Leave me a, a positive review. Let me know what's going on with that. And uh, I will thank you for that very, very much. And uh, so if you guys are wondering, my voice is really, really rough because I'm really super tired. Uh, I've been going crazy like, uh, like a banshee. But also I decided on Sunday to start doing 75 hard. And I know if you've been with me for a while, you guys have known I've done this now. I've already done it twice. Now I'm doing it again. I decided about, I think it was Friday. I finally, I made the decision like, okay, I'm going to do this. And you guys, for you guys aren't familiar with it. 75 hard is 75 days, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outside. Um, a gallon of water a day, healthy diet, no booze, no sugar, you know, stuff like that. Um, read 10 pages of a book, a personal development book every single day, not listen to it, but you have to actually read it and take a daily progress picture. The progress picture is for yourself, not for anybody else. And it's incredible what it is that you get through this process, but it is not easy. You sit there and think about, well, that's kind of easy, you know, depending on how many workouts you do a day. But when you get to day like 27 and you're like, fuck, I can't even have one day of rest. You know, I can't even have one cheeseburger or something like that. You could have a lettuce wrap burger, but it causes you to really kind of evaluate the things that you do and the excuses that you give yourself when you think, oh, I'm not going to have that candy. Then all of a sudden you've been eating candy for three months and your blood sugar spikes, you know, something like that. So 75 hard really teaches you the discipline. So I decided about Thursday or Friday, I didn't want to do it. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do it. I'm going to Memorial weekends coming up. I want to barbecue and have beers and hang out at the pool. But because I didn't want to do it, I said I was going to do it. 
And that's what you guys should be thinking about. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't feel like doing that. Whenever you're, you're, the, the negative chatter in your mind starts to speak up, that's when you got to tell your, that, that person, that, that's, that, that talking voice in your head to shut the fuck up and get on with your day and sit there and say, you know what? I don't really feel like riding today. I really don't feel like going to the gym today. I really don't feel like you know food prepping or whatever it might be that's in your best interest. Say, fuck that noise. Who's, who's talking right here? Who's taking care of me? Am I, is this going to, is this going to be a decision that I'm going to be proud of tomorrow? If I get up and I actually, you know, do my meal prep when I don't feel like doing it, am I going to feel better in an hour? If I decide to go to the gym when I really didn't want to go to the gym, you got to do things that you're uncomfortable doing in order to get what you don't have. And so that's why I decided to do it. And because you guys know me, I'm the no excuses coach. I'm the unstoppable guy. I decided to throw on there also. Um, and I don't, I don't support this. I'm not a doctor, but I decided to stop taking my pain medication. Um, yesterday was my last one. So I think Sunday I had one and then yesterday I had one and then I quit cold Turkey, but I was only taking four a day. So it wasn't a huge big deal, but still my body's going through detox. So yes, when I talk to you guys about being unstoppable, when I give you this advice, it's the same advice I take myself because that's one thing out of everything I'm, I'm going to be hundred percent congruent. I want to be hundred percent real and transparent and authentic with you guys, because you guys deserve that. And the whole world deserves that right now. So, <clears throat> so I pardon me for, for sounding like I have a cold because I have flu like symptoms because of the detox. But more importantly, let's talk about our guest tonight. Um, this fantastic individual was introduced to me by Mario Beckish, my friend in Australia that he was recently on the show. We talked about him. He was from Croatia. He was in the Serbia war. <clears throat> tremendous dude, tremendous dude introduces me to this young lady and says, uh, she's got to be on your show, dude. She's dynamic. She's, she's impactful. She's straight up. She's hardcore. She's beautiful. She would be an exact fit for the raw and scripted show. And I'm like, cool. And, uh, she and I had a little conversation on zoom, get to know each other real quick. I was like, absolutely. You're, you're, you're definitely top quality beyond the raw and scripted show. And so what you're going to be hearing tonight, ladies and gentlemen, in a synopsis is a former fashion model turns professional boxer. Former fashion model turns professional boxer. We're going to talk about the details of how that transfer, trans, trans, transition happened, what were some of the, the supporting details of that, but more importantly, the mindset and the resiliency and the discipline and, and everything that you have to go through in order to get what you really want, especially shifting your entire life around from being somebody who had to take care of their face and not get punched to somebody who's you know wanting to step in the ring and not only step in the ring, but step in the ring professionally. So please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, my new friend, Kate McLaren. What's up, Kate McLaren? <laughs> Thanks for having me. That introduction was electric and your energy is contagious. Can I just say, I, I totally get why you do what you do and my gosh, you're amazing at it. So thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you today or tonight, maybe for your time. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit in the evening for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm excited for this as well. Like I was telling you in the backstage, I normally don't do a lot of research on my guests. The one thing I will do is if I don't know who they are or if I didn't seek them out, I have a, a Zoom meeting with them just to make sure that they can formulate a sentence and they can, you know, they have engagement with me. Um, there's been a few guests way back in the day that I did not do that with and the show was just horrible. It was just a car crash. This person should not have been on interviews. And so when I met with you, I was like, wow, I was really intrigued by the fact that you would go from one aspect of your life to another aspect of your life, get in the ring, do the work that you wanted to do and knew that you needed to do in order to become a professional. I was like, mad respect to this young lady. And so I actually spent a few hours last night jumping on YouTube and just like going through some of your life story and just kind of getting a feeling of who Kate McLaren is. But for you, um, my first question for you tonight is normally something that I ask people backstage before we come on stage, but I thought it'd be a great way to start up in the show. What is it that you want to get across to my audience tonight? When you think about my audience is full of people who are out there hustling and grinding and trying to make it better in their life. They, they, they're losing awareness. They're losing passion. They, they know they're unstoppable. What do you want to get across to people tonight based on your story and based on where you're at after what you've done recently? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think um, my my I guess my thing tonight would be if you have a dream and you think it is completely bonkers and you can't achieve that, I want you to just take a second and after listening to my story, just be like, you know what, if Kate has done that, I can do absolutely anything. Because if someone said to me four years ago that this is where I'm going to be today, um, I would have told them, you're absolutely crazy. Like, (laughs) Like, seriously. So if you have a dream that you think is just a little bit crazy and that is just completely untouchable, no, like, you need to go for it. Like, do not take your foot off the gas pedal. Have a fixed focus on what you want and strive forward. And once you achieve it, grab it with both hands and look back and reflect at all the hard work and dedication because there is, there's, no, there's no cap. You can go as far as you want to, but it all comes down to how bad you want it and it comes down to how you program your mind. So Ooh. that's pretty much what I want to say to everyone this evening. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, seriously, I, I love that. I love that. And it, I mean, it's one thing for you and I to say this because we've been, both been through a lot of stuff in our life and we keep getting back up again. It's like the song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. But some people out there are just in this 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 series, the series of, of, of personality identifications where they think, you know, I tried it before and I failed. I tried it before and I made a mistake. I tried it before and people laughed at me. What are some things that well, you had to surrender? That, that was that? me. That was yeah. me. Yeah, I was that girl, honestly. So I I can relate. I've had that lived experience. I grew up with so much self-doubt. I actually grew up in a family that kind of told me they loved and cared for me dearly, but they kind of said like, oh, come on, we've got to be a little bit realistic here. Like, you know, your, your education's not the best and, you know, you haven't had like a really academic upbringing or, you know, you're sporty, but you're not really sporty. Like we can't really think about taking you to the Olympics. And it was always kind of like, let's just settle for average and that will be okay for you, you know? And um, I moved to Australia at the young age of 19 and I surrounded myself with some completely different people, you know? I surrounded myself with a lot of girls and guys that were like going to private school and very driven and their parents were like, you know, getting their kids to aim for the best. And their energy rubbed off on me, the same as your energy is rubbing off on me. You know, the, the passion and excitement that you talk about and the way you host your show, like just phenomenal what an like what an entrance what a start to the show and um yeah you've got to surround yourself with the right people because as soon as you surround yourself with the right people your vision becomes clearer and your action plan becomes so much more clearer as well so um yeah yeah I, i can't wait to share my story with you honestly I love it. I love it. And what you're saying is, is is bang on. When I was thinking about my story, I don't know if you know my story much, but I'll give you the condensed version of it. I was a homeless seventh grade dropout who lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs with a mother that had various psychological disorders and who was also had various chemical chemical dependencies. So I grew up in a lot of abusive uh, situations, you know, bullying at home, bullying at school, no self-confidence, you know, sucked at school, sucked at everything. And then ultimately, when uh, it got to a point where I tried to kill myself twice, unfortunately, I sucked at it. I had a gun put to my head by this guy, and I told him to pull the fucking trigger. It was this black guy. I thought I was racist. I'm like, dude, the fur- furthest thing I have from fucking earth is me being a racist, number one. I said, number two, if you're going to pull the trigger, fucking pull the trigger. Otherwise, let's talk about this. And I realized in that moment, Kate, I'm like, the only way I'm going to get out of this situation, being homeless, I was living in a trashy motel at the time. I was 17 years old. I was working two jobs. I was doing drugs. I was drinking. I was smoking cigarettes. Um, I was hanging around with bad people. I sat there and I thought, honestly, Kate, I'm going to get out of this one of three ways. I'm going to either get out of this in a pine box because I'm doing stupid shit that's going to get me killed. 
Um, number two, I'm going to get out of here in a cop car because I'm doing stupid shit that could get me killed and getting me arrested. Or let's pick door number three, Monty. Uh, door number three was I'm going to have to decide for myself, take myself out of this situation, even if leave my mom in this situation and get out there and do it for myself. Otherwise, I'm going to wind up dead or in jail. And that was the shifting point because once I got away from all these people that were holding me back and I got around the other people, that's when I went back to school and got my GED. That's when I went started going to college and went to college for 12 years and got my master's degree when I was 30, the same year I bought my first house. But what was the changing point for you, if you don't mind me asking, like what made you pick door number three? You know, like, cause it, it takes a lot, right? It's very courageous. And normally, you know, that's the harder door to pick. Oh, I can still remember it to this day. I just remember sitting there looking out at the prostitution and the drugs and the cop cars and, and thinking there's, there's no, there's no, there's nowhere for me to go. You know, I've already been doing this for four years. I was homeless at the age of 13. I dropped out in the seventh grade. My mom even won the lottery while we were homeless and we still wouldn't get out of the motel situation. She wouldn't give up her cats. She still had the 18 cats. Wound up getting down to one dog. <clears throat> That's another story. But ultimately for me, it was like, there's no other way. And to your point, yeah, that was the hardest fucking decision because I had to go to my mom and thinking that my mom might say, you know what, Chris, I fucked up your life enough. You know what? I want you to, you, you get this opportunity because I got an opportunity to leave the motel and go live in my boss's apartment. <clears throat> she, I thought she would say, you know what? I fucked up your life enough and you should go do this. You know, go live your life. You know, I was obviously not making the right decisions for you. And you were, I wasn't, she wasn't even supposed to have me. She was supposed to place me for adoption. She told me later on in life. And for me to go and tell her, hoping that's what she was going to say. And she called me every name in the book, told me how selfish I was. I'm like, I'm 17 fucking years old. You know, I've been taking care of you for the last four years of my life, you know, in and out of motels and cars and garages and abandoned vans and all this other stuff. That was, that was the only choice I had to make. Otherwise to know that, okay, I'm going to be a career criminal like these people, or I'm going to be working construction jobs and living in cheap motels for the rest of my life. You know, it was like, Either I'm, either I'm just going to get by and I, I just decided for myself that I didn't come here to have that experience to just get by. And so like that decision I made was tough. The decision to get divorced from my first wife was tough. The decision to, to do this. I mean, all these decisions I've had to make in my life were so tough. I had to tell my sister, I was telling you backstage, I had to tell my sister, good luck. You know, I, I lost her when I was nine years old. She was 16. She took off and she couldn't take my mom anymore. And uh, ultimately I re reunited with her in 2005. Long story short, um, I had to wish her well. She was a toxic, toxic person, but I was not going to allow her in my, li my life and my journey. I'm like, if I didn't know who you were, if you weren't my sister, I wouldn't want to have a relationship with you, period. End of story. Mic drop. Let's go. And so wished her well. So those tough decisions, yes, get us to where we need to go. I want you to talk to us about what it is that keeps you going. Like once you, you know, once you achieve something, right, you just recently won your belt. Talk to us about that. But what, what is it for you, Kate, when you get up in the morning, you don't feel like doing anymore? What's your why? Like you've been through so much, but what's your why now? And I know it's about your charity and we're going to be talking about that here in a few minutes. But what's your why when you think about everything that you've been through and talk a little bit about your backstory too? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, um, that's a lot. So I don't know where to start on this, but basically, um, how I got into boxing, we'll start there. So I got into boxing, uh, December, 2020, I went through some hardship in my life. Um, nothing like obviously what you went through, Chris, and I'm ever so sorry to hear about everything you went through, but you've definitely turned around and what an inspiration you are to myself. And I'm sure the audience listening today, but, um, yeah, look, uh, 2020 was a really tough time for me. I really struggled with my mental health, uh, had body dysmorphia, struggled with my relationship with food. Um, I just wasn't in a good place mentally. And um, I actually ended up in hospital. And um, I realized then that I was surrounding myself with the wrong people. And um, the people who I was surrounding myself with have very, very different interests in what their life wanted to look like compared to what my life, I wanted my life to look like. 
And um, it wasn't until I was laying in a hospital bed and the doctor said to me, like, who is your support system here in Australia? So obviously my background, I'm from the UK. Uh, moved to Australia um, at the age of 19, 20. And um, yeah, when I hit 30 years old, I guess my world kind of came crumbling down. Um, but once the doctor said to me, like, who and where is your support system? That was a massive, massive wake up call for me. And um, I lost everything, like I say, at the age of 30, and I had to rebuild and restart my life. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I kind of grew up in a family where they were like, oh, you know, like, just get by and maybe find someone to look after you. And, you know, you're, you're never going to be a superstar or this or that. I mean, like, whatever my dreams were sort of growing up, it was kind of like, no, like, just be a hairdresser, cut hair, and, and that will do, kind of, you know. And I didn't have a passion for cutting hair. I've got girlfriends who cut hair and they absolutely love it they're so creative they work in london they've got their own salons now and it's their dream it's their passion and that's what they absolutely love and um for me i always wanted to be on the other side of the chair i wanted to be the model i wanted to be the one getting my hair blow dried and uh doing the campaigns and i said to my mum for a long time i want to become a model and um, fair enough mum and dad put me through and said once you finish your degree uh, or your diploma in uh, hairdressing pretty much you can go and do whatever you want so um, I went and finished my Tony and Guy qualification I started working or I did my exams in the Tony and Guy um, Academy in Oxford Street in London massive massive eye-opener for me and that's when the fire started to really come alive inside me and I was like right I want to become a model and um, I started going to a couple of agents in London and um, I was getting the door slammed in my face for being a big girl. And uh, I'm five foot nine. Um, and if you see my dad, like he's, he's a big guy, right? He's very stocky. So I'm very broad and I definitely, you know, I have a lot of his features. But I would never say that I've been massively overweight or anything like that. But I guess in those times, like, it was very editorial, stick thin, runway. That's how you had to be. And for me, that's kind of when the seed got planted with my problems with food. I think that's where that kind of linked. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah, so then that's how I kind of got into fitness. And um, I also loved yoga as well. I got into yoga a lot, which is great for the mind. Gives, your time gives yourself time to also visualize what kind of you want your life to look like. Um, but then I did a little bit of modeling in, uh, back in the UK. So I worked, I didn't actually have an agent over there. I did a lot of freelance stuff. Um, so I was doing like handbags or fashion or, you know, some catwalk stuff. Um, but, you know, nothing major. It was pretty right. low key. And then I had an opportunity to come to Australia. And, um, yeah, I built my entire life in Australia. So I come over here. I had multiple jobs. I tried a bit of everything. I was traveling. Um, I did the full backpacker thing and, um, yeah, can, I stop, on, can, I, can I stop you right there? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Okay. So something I, before we, before we carry on too far ahead of that. So based on what you were telling about your parents, like, Oh, just get a job as a hairdresser and everything else. When you look back now, what type of feelings do you have towards your parents? You know, do you, do you look at it as, as a favorable thing that they told you you couldn't do something? So you went and did it, or is it something that's been a point of animosity? I mean, how, how's that relationship now? Well, this is to answer the question on where do I get my fire and my, my drive. And it's, it's through growing up and 
throughout my entire journey, having so many doors shut on my face and so many people say, oh, you can't, you can't do that. Or, oh, you're a big girl. Oh, you, you can't. And I feel like I've actually proved everyone wrong in every career that I've had, you know, it, with modeling, I've done it. I, I was, um, when I came over here as well, I did um, Sydney Bridal Fashion Week. So for me, it's like, when someone tells me I can't, I want to prove them actually, no, I can. And everything I've done in life, I, I think even more so since being in Australia and surrounding myself with some very strong, powerful women, I'm even more like, you want to tell me I can't do that? Yeah. Watch me. I'm yeah. going to do it. Like, you're giving me the drive and the passion to just show you I'm going to do this. And yeah. um, I don't know about you as well, Chris, like I'm big on vision boards. I do a new vision board every six months normally. And um, I had the belts on my vision board. My It's actually in my bedroom right now. And um, for myself, I kind of visualized that, yes, I was going to do some title fights um, for this year, but it was going to be more towards the end of the year. And then I had this amazing opportunity, obviously, to almost uh, just over a week ago, 24th of March, I had the opportunity to fight for my state, New South Wales, uh, and the Australasian title. And um, I walked away with the win. So I'm now officially the female welterweight champion for New South Wales and Australasian. So, um, Hell yeah. yeah. It's that just like. Awesome. If you just tell yourself and you can and you give yourself this insane drive, you can do anything. You are unstoppable. That's what I and, preach. And don't let people tell you or get in your mind that you can't because I could have listened to my parents or I could have listened to people growing up or I could have listened to the modeling agency saying, no, you're too big or no, you can't or no, 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 no. But you know what? I said F you to all of them. Watch me. And I went and done it. And I really want to say to your audience listening that just get up, take that first step and go and do it. Like just, yes. just do it. If you want it bad enough, you will make it happen. Mm, I love that, Kate. You got me fired up. <clears throat> okay, so I want to go back. So I want the whole internet's going to blow up. Like, what the fuck happened today? I thought it was Donald Trump in New York, but it must have been Kate and Chris. Oh, notice I put you first. God, what a gentleman I am. Oh, I'm such a gentleman. Let's put Kate first. Um, okay, so before I lose my train of thought, because that does happen many times on the show, I'll be like, oh, me too. <laughs> I know I saw one of your, I saw one of your, oh, your episode with Mario. You're like, oh, I just had a, I just, yeah, I just completely forgot my train of thought. And Mario picked it up perfectly like a, like a champ. I love Mario to death. Mario, thank you for yeah, connecting us once again. But to your point, talking about having the right people in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk about people, uh, Stephen Covey wrote in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, such an amazing book. One of those things in there was like, you're like the five people you're around the most. And so you take those five people and I tell people, put, put, put pen to paper, not in your fucking head, put pen to paper, and write down the five people you're legitimately around the most, your son, your wife, your, who are they? And if they're not people that are doing what you want to do, then you need to get new people in those spots. You don't need to kick people to the curb. And so what we talk about in my coaching program is, is a team, right? Somebody who trusts, you know, a team is an acronym, somebody who trusts, somebody who empowers you, somebody who uh, motivates you and somebody who holds you, wait a minute, fucking A. Uh, yeah. Somebody, somebody, somebody you trust, uh, tr team, e. Some, somebody who, um, fuck, I just completely forgot my own thing. That's what my brain is doing these days. Somebody you trust, somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody, 
somebody empowers you, somebody holds you accountable, and somebody is your who's your mentor. So you need five different people on your team that really support you. And I think that's what you're saying right here is you wouldn't be the person you're at oh. today had you not not surrounded yourself and like just like I did. You were in a situation you didn't want to be in anymore. You're like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Australia, completely reinvent myself seven times over, and then decide to go not protect my face anymore and get into the ring and get my face punched. I mean, that's miraculous. That's awesome. That's the thing dreams are made of. And so with that, kind of talk talking about talk about resiliency. When people sit there and say they're doing the best they can, I mean, we've all said it. I mean, I said it years ago and I was like, Chris, was that really your best? And it wasn't because I was in there. Oh, we say the best, we're doing the best we can because as kids in school, you know, uh, Kate, are you doing the best you can? Well, yeah. Okay. We'll do better next time. Nobody asks us what our best is. Nobody defines what's better next time. So we just get out of that, get out of a jail card every time. Like, well, I did the best I could talk to us about what is your best and how can we get people to sit there and really like do that to their, to themselves, like the, to the self negative self-talk that they have in their brain, like saying that I can't do it. How do we get them to rewire that shit? Well, for me, it's about having some sort of way to measure my success. Uh, for me as well, going back to the vision board. So I know by the end of the year, I want to tick everything off of my vision board. So I know I update it every six months, but normally I look at it halfway through the year, for example, now, like I have the belts. So I'll probably replace that with something else or a different title or something that I'm going to chase. But it's, it's about just taking a step to each thing that you're trying to basically achieve. Don't take it all on at once because that's impossible. You know, you can't sprint to the top of the mountain. Um, and so for me, how, how I measure my success is I make a vision board at the beginning of the year and I set some reasonable achieve like things that I would like to achieve but still that are going to push me um to make me work and make me strive harder you know and um it's all about basically starting from the bottom of the mountain and slowly working your way to the top and like I said you're not going to sprint to the top you've got to just take each step as you can and for me that's how I measure my success but I know fully well if I'm not ticking off everything on that vision board by the end of the year then I've not given it my absolute all. I, I've not. And um, I know how to push myself. I, I know what I'm capable of doing. And I know that I'm definitely not uh, a lazy person or someone who procrastinates. And I also think as well, earlier behind, when we were backstage, we were talking about obviously ADHD and, you know, sometimes we're a bit like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I actually- yeah, shiny object. <laughs> I think that is actually a massive advantage. and. You know, look at the way ADHD is kind of um, put in into the media or put into the light as such. Yeah. You know, oh, you've got to go on medication to slow everything down. And if they, no, it's about not taking your foot off of the gas pedal. If you want something, freaking run at it. Like, go for it. Run at it. And mm -hmm. if you're one of those people that says there's not enough time in the day, we'll set your alarm an hour or two hours earlier. Get up, write a list, tick it off as you go. Spend less time on social media. And like you said earlier, put pen to paper and start ticking those boxes. Yeah, I'm old school like you. I write things down all the time. Yeah, got my little copy. Uh, little <laughs> pen paper. Here. Espresso yourself. How good's that? Espresso yourself. <laughs> Espresso yourself. Oh, Madonna. But again, as well as you mentioned, Chris, like for me, I would not be where I am today without my support system. I have a phenomenal team around me. And that comes down to making sure you're doing the right selection when you're deciding who your team is going to be. You know, if no one is bringing something to the table, then they need to, they need to find a new chair, you know? 
Um, and that's not in a mean way, but it's like, you know, as a best friend or as a mentor or you've got to bring something to the table, you know. I wouldn't just, if my friend was going through hardship, I wouldn't just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, you know. Like I would right. be there for you. I'm, I'm going to show up. Like, and that's what your circle needs to be about. It's about supporting each other and uplifting each other and encouraging each other to chase your goals. Mm. So that's what I'm all about. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so many different places to jump off on with that particular rant. I love that. Um, in what you were saying, thinking about, you know, like the excuses that we have, and I'm the no excuses coach, because so many times we come up with excuses. When you come up with an excuse, what is like your biggest excuse? And what are the ways that you get your mindset over it? Because I hear what you're saying. I feel what you're saying. But I know there's some people out there that are going, well, that's you. That's you guys. You guys are special. I'm like, we're here both to say, like, I was, I'm a fucking seventh grade homeless dropout. I did shitty in school. I did drugs. I did partied. I did all this stuff. And I'm thankful for every single second of I had, I had because I never gave up and I kept going no matter what. And I knew I was yeah. meant to be for something greater. Talk to us about that. Where can we get that people, get people to get out of their own way with their excuses and being able to sit there and say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. For me, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. Like I speak to myself in a way where you know, it's probably a little bit disrespectful at times, but that's what motivates me. That's what drives me. I listen to a lot of like rampage meditations where, um, or affirmations where they're building me up very similar to the way you talk and like your entrance, you know, like you're building that energy, you're building that fire. And I think that's what you need. If you're laying in bed and you're just listening to some classical music and you're snoozing your alarm, or you're having a little scroll through Instagram and you're just seeing how fabulous everyone else's life is, which is just full of filters. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're probably going to just say, well, their life's really good and they're achieving everything they want to achieve and I'm a bit sleepy. I might go back to bed for another 10 minutes and then when I'm ready, I'll get up and, and go to work. Well, I'm telling you now, that's not how you achieve things in life. So, again, it comes back down to how bad do you want it? and prioritizing what is your priority on your list. You know, is your priority in the morning scrolling through Instagram or is your priority in the morning getting up, making a cup of tea, writing down your to-do list and making sure that before the end of the day, you've ticked off every single box on that list. So tomorrow when you wake up, you've got a new to-do list and guess what? You're freaking like, you've already started your climb on that mountain, you know? You're, you're, yeah. You've taken <clears throat> that first step. And then tomorrow and the next day and the next day, you just keep climbing so that yeah. at the end of the week, you've reached the top of the mountain. And you know what they say, when you reach the top of the mountain, you then got to start at the bottom and climb the next bigger mountain. <laughs> hey, oh, girl, you are singing my songs. You are singing my songs. I talk about all the time, like the fact that when you go hiking, just like using that analogy, when you go hiking, you get banged up. I remember I was in Canada and I did some fucking death defying hike that I found out later I shouldn't have done. But I just went out one day. I was like, I'm going to climb this mountain. I just started fucking going up it. Um, and I got to this one point and I saw this Vista and I was like, wow, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. But man, my legs got dinged up and I'm kind of sore and everything. And then I looked up and I was like, wow, I bet you the view's even fucking better up there, but that one's even steeper. Let's go. Let's just take it one step at a time, one branch at a time once and get to the top. And then all of a sudden I got to the top and the view was like about it stopped. It would have been okay. But for me, what I teach my clients is it, did you come here to be mediocre? Did you come here to be, to, to, to be like, Oh, well, I guess it's just not for me. I guess I'll just sit here and watch reruns of, you know, fucking, uh, uh Seinfeld or something like that. Or instead of getting out there and going, Hey man, that view looks pretty fucking good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check that out. So I and love you know, it too, that you knew that. It's not settling for average. 
I refuse to settle for average. I was someone that just was like, okay, I'm just going to live my life. I'm just going to get married, have kids and some puppies. And, you know, that's just going to be my life. And, you know. Did you just call kids puppies? I don't have any puppies now. I'm too busy for puppies. Like, I'm too busy for all of that stuff. I'm too focused (laughs) on my next goal. Um, But for me now, it's like I had all of that trauma and and that massive wake-up call back in 2020. And when I turned 30, I lost everything. Just in the blink of an eye, I blinked, gone, everything, gone. I started my life from scratch. And I said to myself that day, I will never, ever settle for average. I will prove everyone wrong who told me I can't, and I will show them. And, look, I'm not in a big-headed way or anything, but I got the belts last weekend. I got the state title. Like, I fought for my state. I've been boxing for two years, just over two years. I had no amateur career, nothing. And when people people realised that I went from a corporate contender fight and then I turned pro, everyone was laughing their head off. But I showed up every single day, whether I was sick, whether I was tired, whether I didn't want to train, there was no excuses from me. And you can call Jeff now and ask him, there's never, ever, ever been a day where I've come up with an excuse because I'm, I'm, I'm here to do a job and I'm here to do it properly and I'm here to fight for my state because I'm effing proud for being a New South Wales resident and do you know what like that's one of the biggest achievements of my life and um yeah do you know what I'm proud of myself I showed up I gave it 110 percent and was there any procrastinating fuck no no and and did I have drama in my last camp I did a 12-week fight camp I had a lot of stuff going on I had heart problems I had death in my family I've actually got a funeral tonight for my grandmother Hmm. um you know I had injuries I it was just one thing after another and I just shut out all the noise and I just continued to power on forward the day I found out my grandma died I was in the gym literally 30 minutes after the phone call and I did six or eight rounds of sparring you know like it's how you program your mind and how bad you want something. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure my grandma was looking down on me just going, she's an absolute champion and she gets it from me because my grandmother was the most resilient, empowering woman I know. And I definitely feel like I've got some of her genes inside of me. So, um, yeah, yeah, Granny. Yeah. Go, Granny. Her. Yeah. And that's what I, I think about it too. When, when people pass away, I think immediately, what would they want me to do right now? Would they want me to be all sad and like, oh, or would they want me to be happy that they're released from their pain or released from their struggle or whatever else? Would they want me to go out and actually celebrate my life that I still have? Or, or would I, they want me to be focused on on being miserable? I mean, no, nobody who is dead would want that for any of us. But so many people walk around, they use it as a badge of honor. Well, you know, my grandma died, so I can't train anymore. I guess I'm not supposed to be a boxer. So many people shoot themselves left, right, and center in their foot. Like, well, I guess that just that makes this mean everything about something when it doesn't. It's just like, no, you have to pick it up. You have to have, you know, your care and your condolences for your grandma but you get in there and you get your workout in and that way your, your mental space is healthier. You feel better. I mean, I told people I've been going to the gym since I was 18 and I said, and they were like, Oh, you know, you do it to look good. I'm like, that's a byproduct. I have to do it for my fucking brain. Otherwise I'll go insane. Like literally I have to go work out. Otherwise I feel like I'll burst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, as, I, as I've gotten older, it's gotten a little bit easier. Cause now I'm like, I really don't want to work out as much. I'm kind of okay with having a little flap. You know, I've gotten that mediocrity thing, but now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be, I just turned 54. Thank you very much. And I'm like, okay, what if by the time I'm 55, I'm even in the best shape of my life. And there's been a few times where I've been in pretty good shape, not your shape, but pretty good shape. I did P90X for fucking a year and a half, dude. I was like, I was, you could, you couldn't, I was daring people to punch me in the stomach. 
I'm like, come on, punch me in the stomach. Like, fuck, what are you doing? I'm doing P90X, Abribber X. I was doing that for two years. And then I got lazy. But pick your brains on the uh, the 75 hard is that what it is sure yeah of course yeah. so what, what what kind of have you noticed through doing that has how has that helped you mentally physically like what, what are you kind of because this is a what is it the fourth time you're doing this now third time third yeah. okay and I, I mean like i'm not sure if every experience has been different for you but I, I would personally love to just hear a little bit about how you're finding this and what challenges you're coming across because i'm thinking now as well this is something that i'd really like to give a go yeah do it do it it's 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 challenging and like i said before you know i didn't want to do it and i don't think i should need to do it but that was more reason to go toward it. and that's what you were just saying a minute ago kate is the fact that so many times we sit there and think oh it's so big and there's so much it's like how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you, there's a great book out there by Darren Hardy called uh, The Compound Principle. And it talks about, and it's something that I've been teaching for years. Just like, if, if, just go to the gym for 15 minutes. Like I can't, I don't have time to go to the gym for an hour, Chris. Go to the gym for 15 minutes and do supersets. Just fucking do minute intervals. Just do that for, just give it the fucking best 15 minutes you can possibly give it. And I promise you, you'll wind up probably staying there longer. You're going to probably get so addicted to it that you're going to find so much release in it. You're going to want to, you know, incorporate that into your life. Sure enough, they start to do it. It's like, okay, what's the next thing? Well, how do I pay down my bills? If one fucking dollar at a time, like what can you do? Can you make some extra money? Can you sell some things? One buck at a time. That's all you have to do. Is it going to be overnight? No, it took you 35 fucking years to get to this part. Not you. I tell people like you got 35 years to get to this part. Give it a year, right? Give it six, give it a year and a half. Maybe give it three years. I tell some people that are looking at getting divorced. I'm like, the next three years of your life are going to suck. You know, I've had, I've helped people get out of marriages and jobs and stuff like that. And I'm going to, I'm not going to fucking lie to you. It's going to suck. I've been through a divorce. I had to spend a year trying to figure out who the fuck I was. The second year was a little bit better. The third year I started meeting people and I started getting out there and I was so happy that I made that decision, but I had to go through that suck. And that's what so many people don't want to do anymore is they don't want that suck. So for me, going back to your question, the thing I learned is the fact that we just give ourselves so many excuses and so many outs like, Oh, I'm not feeling like going to the gym today. You know, I felt like that this morning. Had I not been on 75 hard, I wouldn't have gone to the gym this morning because I was like, fuck, I'm so tired. I shouldn't go. You know, I'm not eating the same things that I was eating before. So my energy's low. But I'm like, because I'm because I made this promise to myself, because I have integrity with myself, because I'm not going to lie to myself, I can go to the gym. I said, I'm going to go there for 45 minutes. It's not going to be, a, I wouldn't want the camera crews on me like, oh, this is how the great, this is how you do a great bench press. But I went through the motions. I added the weights on there. I did the things. I didn't feel like doing it. And I got through it and I walked out the door and the cold hair hit me. And I'm like, I'm so proud of myself. Like those little mini wins. And you get addicted to that. You're like, wow, if I had this kind of, this kind of structure, this kind of uh, integrity with myself, every day, what might I be able to, to really do outside of 75 hard? If I sat there and said 75 days, I'm going to stay committed to giving up every day and spending an hour on making a kick-ass video for, for social media. I can devote an hour every single day over 75 days. My content's going to go up. It's like, how, what are you willing to be committed to? And just stay committed to that because so much, often that we don't give ourselves, we give ourselves an out. And that's, 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 it's a waste of time because you wind up 20 years later going, well, fuck, I, I should have done more with my life, but I didn't. That's exactly right. And that's fantastic discipline on your end as well. And I think for anyone listening who struggles with discipline, it's about starting small again. You know, if you're trying to be more disciplined with the biscuits in the cupboard or something, you know, like don't cut biscuits out completely. You don't have to. Maybe rather than eating the whole packet, you just start by eating four or five, you know. But it's about having a reason to cut it off. And also how bad do you want it again? You know, if you're yeah. like, 
look, I'm going to lose a bit of weight. But if, if you're indecisive, if you're um in and ahhing about whether you want something, then let me tell you, you don't want it. You don't want it. Because you will know 100% if you want something, your body is capable of doing absolutely anything. And you, you will do anything to get to that position or place that you need to get to. So I want people to, to wake up in the morning and think, how bad do I want to seize the day today? You know, like, do I want to set my alarm 10 minutes earlier to get up, to write my checklist and to tick all of that off before the end of the day while drinking a coffee this morning? Or do I want to get on Facebook and have a scroll? What's your priorities? How bad do you want it? It's yeah. up to you guys. You know, you can take course to water, can't make it, drink it. Chris and I are here to just help, you know, give you that enthusiasm and, and sort of, I guess, mentorship that anything is possible, but you have to program your mind to drive your body. So, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so good on you, Chris. Like, that's not easy what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I can't wait to hear the rest of your story. But a mass massive, massive discipline from you. And um, the fact that you're still doing it with a smile on your face and, you know, it's, it's just great. You're such an inspiration to me. So, well done. Thank you. You're get me all choked up. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yes, um, it's all good. And then uh, in addition to that, getting off the pain pills, that's another like, let's just throw that on there too. You know, for anybody who's ever a detox off of something, it's not very much fun, but thank you for that. And before I jump to the next thing, what you were talking about there is so, so massively important. So I don't want to gloss over that for anybody. And, and the people that watch the show know me about this. The way you start your day is the way your day is going to go. And so I've been doing this for years now. When I first wake up before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. And a lot of the times it's the same thing. I'm grateful for my son sleeping in the in the bedroom next to me. I'm grateful for you know my beautiful house. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my clients. You know, I'm grateful for the people who made my bed. I'm grateful for the fact I warm clothes to wear today. Whatever it might be, I'm thankful for my gratitude. heating systems to work. Yeah, gratitude. Oh, added, gratitude's yeah. like huge with me. And then the next thing I do before I open my eyes, Kate, is I sit there and I say, based on what you're saying, is I set the intention for the day. That's my mm -hmm. word of the year. That's my word for this year is intentionality. I actually have it on my dry erase or my, st I put sticky notes on my monitor as a way to remind me of things because of that ADD thing. I'm like, okay, am I being intentional right now? It's right there. Um, so when you do that and you sit there and say, okay, what's my intention for today? My intention for today for me personally is to use my words, my actions to make the world a better place. Number one, my, my, my intention today is to be present and playful with my son when I'm there with him, because I used to have a tendency to be thinking about something in the past or, or thinking about something in the future and not being in the moment with people. That's something I've learned a lot about in the last couple of years. <clears throat> What's my intention? Then as I'm going through, a, through, going through my day, and I've had this recently, I've been kind of going through this weird funk. And as much as it's, as much as we don't want the funk, I'm kind of crazy. I kind of like the funk. Cause I'm like, okay, what do I need to learn out of this? What, what, what's this trying to teach me? What lesson is, what lesson am I missing? You know, I'll call my coach and be like, we'll walk through it or talk through it. But as I'm going through it, if I'm, if I'm being in a pissy mood, Hey, Chris, let's rewind this morning before you opened your eyes. Did you set the intention to be pissy today? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. What intention did you set to be today that you have not yet been? And then do that right fucking now. Like if I, haven't I, done, if, I haven't, if I haven't done a post or something like that, I do it right then and it shifts my perspective immediately. Yeah. And, and, and touching on that point as well, you know, like shit is going to hit the fan some days and it's how you deal with it. Again, it goes back to your mindset. Like something really shit could happen in the day. Like, yes, that's possible. We're all living on earth. And sometimes we get thrown these crazy freaking things to us. But it's how you deal with it. It's how you, again, set your little checklist in your mind on how you're going to overcome it, how you're going to deal with the situation. Are you going to blow everything out the water and start screaming and shouting and yelling and 
getting yourself in a really bad toxic energy and then bringing more of that in for the rest of the day? Or are you going to kind of like stand back, assess, analyze and say, okay, well, this is really shit. Now, how do I overcome this? What am I going to do to overcome this? What are my next steps? And I, I honestly think that you like, like attracts like, and I'm big on energy. You know, if, if something bad happens, like let's say for example you shut your finger in a door or something yeah shit that's gonna fucking hurt all right that is that's gonna hurt you're gonna scream you're gonna stop your feet whatever you're gonna do but you know maybe then from there take a moment breathe stand back and then go okay well that really hurt we've now resolved the situation we've iced it or whatever you had to do to fix the problem now how am i going to continue to progress forward in my day and to continue to keep ticking off the boxes as i go through you know um, because sometimes when something really big and horrific happens like that, it's very easy to kind of just get off the path, you know, and, and then so go true. down the wrong track in life and turn to a bottle of wine or, you know, go out party instead because you've just had a shit day or, you know, ring your mates up and decide to get smashed on the beers and actually, <laughs> no, like, just going backwards in life. You need to be prepared that bad things happen in our days and not, it's not going to be smooth riding or sailing every day. But it's when a problem does occur, how are you going to overcome that to make sure that you stay on your path, which is going to lead you to success? Yes, 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 yes. I want to do a show with you, Ben. You like you're a great co-host. I like this. Um, <laughs> before we, before we before we transition into something else, I just want to acknowledge some beautiful people here in the house. We got Mark Martin Stark in the house. Thank you, Martin, for being here. She, he says uh, Kate is a legend and a huge ally. Thank you, Mark Martin, for being here. One of my very very good friends. Love you, Martin. Oh, Appreciate you being here, brother. Get got, him on the show, Chris. Yeah. He's got a fantastic story. I'll I'll introduce you to. Sorry. <laughs> awesome, awesome. No, thank you. Thank you. We got Darlene Eaton in the house. What's up, Darlene from Florida? We got Robert Broker in the house. Says, Greetings and salutations, Christopher, Kate, and Darlene. Thank you for being here, Robert. Uh, Martin says here, the fire was the driver to be in a boxing champion. Amen, Martin. Thank you. Appreciate you for being here. My, my kick-ass Irish uh, friend, Jacqueline Rose is in the house. She says, you have to get up every day, no matter how b- bad things get. You have to pull yourself by your bootstraps, never give up, never give in, and keep going by a champion. You got that absolutely right, uh, Jacqueline. Jacqueline's awesome. Um, she says here, she goes, keep being authentic, Kate. Always keep it raw and real. Um, thank you for that, Jacqueline. We got Christopher, my brother, the other Chris in the house. Uh, Christopher's in the house this evening, enjoying the snowfall with a cup of elderberry tea. Winter storm warning for the past few days. Yeah, you guys have been getting in Utah. They've been getting fucking hammered with snow. I mean, my friend sent me a picture yesterday and there was like the snow bank. I was like, what the hell is that? And he goes, that's just the snow. <laughs> that they, they just plowed out the street because there's like 10 inches and 12 inches and stuff like that. So thank you, Chris, for joining us. Appreciate you. Glad you're having your tea. Uh, day off work for that. Just go out, and make snow angels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Uh, Darlene says, "You go, girl." Darlene's all fired up. I love Darlene. I appreciate her. She's kick-ass, unstoppable. So, uh, we've kind of talked about why in this this in this broadcast a little bit, but I know that you have a bigger why. So, I want you to talk about transition now. I want you to talk about it's her. Yeah. Because I know yeah. that I know that's the thing that's on your mind. I know that's the thing that you've undoubt you will undoubtedly be successful with that. Talk to us about it's her. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm now in the middle of launching my own not-for-profit charity called It's Her. Um, we are officially launching on my 33rd birthday, which is going to be the 30th of September. So we are going to have a, a big launch party for that. 
Um, but at the moment, I'm still in the process of designing and developing an online support system for young females. So I've done a lot of work within the community, working with a lot of these youngsters um, that are obviously coming from disadvantaged backgrounds. And um, it's been a real eye-opener for me. And I've absolutely loved working with these young women. And um, through my work and getting to know these girls and building a little community and everything, um, I've decided to now take it bigger and start my own not-for-profit charity. And um, again, it's another pinch myself moment because if someone was to tell me that I was going to have my own charity helping to support young females, I would have laughed in their face again and said, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I've never done this before. It's overwhelming. It's scary. What if I fail? But I, I don't think like that anymore, Chris. Like for me, it's like this is what I want to do. I want to help. I want to support young females. I want to build a community. I want to mentor these girls. And I want to give back because boxing has given me so much that I am forever going to pay it back to whoever I can. It has saved my life. Like it has honestly saved my life. And through working at different organizations and with these young women, you know, obviously in my programs that I'm running, the, the main key is the boxing. But then I also do meditation with them. I do a lot of mind and breath work with them so that they're linking their breath and their mind and getting a good understanding on the importance of breathing. Um, and I do a lot of boxing technique and then I get them doing like a real hard hit out, like get their heart rate up and everything. And then at the end of that, we do an open circle. So we sit down and we'll talk about a topic. It might be vulnerability or dealing with anxiety or self-love and self-care, whatever the topic might be. But at the end of the class, we sit down and we openly discuss it. And, um, it's just beautiful. Like this community that I've built so far like I've been doing this for just over nine months like I think it's 10 months now that I've been doing this and there's no amount of money that could ever buy the feeling that I get from giving back to these young women and it's changed my life and you know boxing is what led me to that and yes I'm still boxing and I'm still chasing titles and hope to one day have a have a world title and um, but along the way, I, I want to give back and I want to build this support system for these young females. And I really would love to help inspire them to chase their dreams just how I did. Mm. So speaking of that, Miss Kate, what when you when you won your belt and think about everything that you're doing, when you won your belt, what did you want to go back to say to that younger version of yourself? Like with all the pain and all the sorrow, all the downtimes, all the negativity, as you're holding that belt thinking, holy fucking hell, I, I, I just became a professional boxer. I just won my first real fight. What did you want to go back and tell little Kate? I just wish I believed in myself more from a youngster because like you can, you can honestly do anything. I know I've said this, this whole interview, but you can do anything, whatever it is you want to do. You can do it. You've just got to apply yourself. That's all it is. Applying yourself, not procrastinating, not letting self-doubt creep into your head. Striving forward, not taking your foot off of the gas pedal. Any, anyone that's got anything toxic to say, sorry, you're outside of my circle. I need you to stand at arm's length away. Like, I'm not going to let your energy or your negativity into my life. Surrounding myself with good people, my team, picking me up, pushing me forward. 
um, having my back, you, you know, like you can do anything. You're in control of your life. You're the one that's in control. You choose your friends. You choose your, what you want to do. You, you choose your successes and you choose if you want to snooze your alarm or if you want to get up and, and conquer the day. So go for it. Just, just get up and do it. Just do it. No excuses. I, I love you. I think you're awesome. I could sit here and talk to you for hours and hours and hours. We think alike and the energy is like, you can just feel the connectedness, the connectedness. Thank you, Kate, so much for spending your time with us uh, from over in Australia today. Uh, where can people get a hold of you to continue the conversation with you, my dear? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me. Uh, I'm on social. So you can literally just put my name, Kate McLaren Boxer into Google and you'll find my LinkedIn my Instagram, my Facebook, I'm on it all. So um, yeah, just type in Kate McLaren Boxer and all my socials will come up. You can also jump onto my website, katemclaren.au uh, and all my links and everything will come in there. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. So you won't need a PI, you'll be all right. <laughs> no, you were, you were definitely easy to find my dear. I just, I went in there and Googled it. Um, I just went in there and Googled it and I was like, wow. And then I saw some of your runway pictures and I was like, not hard on the eyes. Nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> my wife doesn't watch my show so I can say whatever I want. Uh, probably about 30 years. She'd be like, why did you say that? No, she didn't. She, she How long have you been married for Chris? Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, 16 years. We got married in 2007. So I think it's 16 years and we've known each other, um, 21 years in February. <clears throat> Congratulations. That's beautiful. That's awesome. We'll talk about a lot of work. <laughs> it's not easy, you know? And, no. and I, I'm just going to share one little thing that someone told me once as well, which I would just like our listeners to just think about, which I've been thinking about a lot recently as well. So an older lady once told me that when something was broken in her day, she would spend time sitting there fixing whatever it is that might be broken, let's say, a blanket or a t-shirt had a hole in it she would spend hours stitching it and making sure that obviously it's all tied up and neat and okay to wear again but she said the thing is in in the times now it's just too easy for us youngsters if we have a hole or a tear in our t-shirt to throw that out and go to the shop and buy a new one and then she said it's exactly the same for relationships she said in my day she said, you work hard, you put time into it. She said, when something's difficult or something's broken, you spend time in fixing it. And she said, with the generation nowadays, and I'm, this is me as well, she said, what happens is, is you get bored, you throw it out or you have an argument and then you're on to the next one, the next dating app, the next whatever, whatever. So again, it comes down like there's no relationship out there that's perfect, you know, every relationship has its, hiccups and it's about working together as a team and investing your time together in overcoming whatever that problem is or may be and making sure that you know you guys were together for a reason like work on it and you will grow and you will blossom don't be one of those people that just lets it go you know it yeah. might be something that you really really regret so anyone out there that's having relationship troubles or anything like that at the moment I just thought that was such a beautiful thing that she said and so true, you know, yeah, like now it is you know, tables broken, throw it out, go to Kmart, get a new one. Yeah. And you know, like give love a go. Like let's bring love back. Like my parents have been married for 20 plus years as well. And I just think 
well, I'm 33 and, you know, like still <laughs> looking for love. Um, so, yeah, it's just a different generation. But for you to be married and with your beautiful wife for that long, I take my hat off to you. I just think that's absolutely stunning. So good on you. Thank you, my dear. It's not been for a lot of work, but uh, yeah, I mean, we both feel the same way. It's like when you get married, you have to go overcome these things and there's going to be hurdles and you change over the years. And sometimes one person changes, the other person doesn't change. But <clears throat> yeah, so there's been a lot of opportunity there. There's been a lot of uh, opportunity for, for us to, to to work on those issues. So thank you that for that. I appreciate that. And, that. and that's so true in so many ways that we just sit there and say, oh, I'll just go on to the next one. Let's go on to the next one. What happens if we just like actually deal with the root cause of the situation, which most most oftentimes is ourselves? We bring something to the table that the other person is finding, you know, offensive or anything, and they're defensive, and we take a reaction to that, and then it becomes this, you know, vicious cycle of you're pissing me off, no, you're pissing me off, no, you're pissing me off, and then it's really something childhood related that's often a conditioning response. For me, I find it's my ADHD. That's some of the, my my symptoms often frustrate her. We found out she got tested. She's a, she has a different type of ADHD. Like she leaves shit everywhere. And I'm a fucking, I'm an OCD guy. I'm a complete, I'm a, not a neat freak, but I like shit put away. And so we're exactly opposites. So it's like, it, it's driven us crazy. And we're like, okay, that's just the way you are. So I just can't have the expect expectation of you're going to pick it up unless we have to be more intentional about those things. So, but anyways, Kate McLaren, thank you, my thank dear, you. for being here. I'm going to put you backstage. Don't go anywhere. Cause I still want to have a little wrap with you, but I'm just going to finish out the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone watching today. Really appreciate your love and support. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. You're awesome. Don't go anywhere. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, 56 minutes, 43 seconds. I got you out here on an hour and I gave you a massively impactful interview. Think about what she said. If you did not take notes, you're an idiot. You need to go back and take notes. You know, putting it in your brain is one thing, but actually physically writing it down, taking a sticky note and actually putting sticky notes on your computer to remind yourself like, hey, am I being intentional? Am I focusing on what's most important? Those are two questions that I sit there and sit there and think about my, for myself because I can easily go down a rabbit hole, but I put things in a place. And that's what I do with my coaching clients is we put things in a place to sit there and say, okay, am I being intentional with what I said I was going to do this morning? Think about what Kate was talking about. Think about all the objections and, and the, and not the, not the ridicule, but the, the, oh, just go ahead and be a hairdresser. You know, just, you know, you're not very good in school, you know, so just try to have a, a, a mediocre life, a complacent life, a predictable life. You know, that's what we want for you. And she took that around and she's like, no, did I come here to have a predictable, mediocre existence? No, I had to go through some tough times. We all have to go through some tough times, but it's in those tough times that you realize what you're really, truly made of. You think about everything that you survived in your entire life, ladies and gentlemen, think about your life. Like I'm literally writing my book right now. It's, it's, here's a, I'll show you guys a cover of it. I think, I think I've showed it before. So here it's going to be out later this year. It's called, it's just you and me kid. My beautiful little thing. It's a little home scene right back there. Uh, God's honest truth. It's Dave Grohl's book. I'm going to meet Dave Grohl, by the way. I know I am. I know I am. I'm manifesting that shit. Talk about manifesting and visualization. That's another thing that Kate talked about manifesting and visualizing. When I wake up in the morning, I'll visualize myself. And I, I have this, I'm walking out on stage. I can see this whole auditorium full of people, ACDC, uh, Highway to Hell is playing. And people ask me sometimes like, Highway to Hell, really, Chris? I'm like, yep. And everybody's like, yeah. And I'm just like, all right, what's up, fuckers? Let's go. So I see that all that happened. Oh, and behind me, Ron and scripted is like in this, like, uh, like remember the band Kiss? So it's like Ron and scripted is like in flames or something like that. Some cool rock concert shit. And we just have a rocking day. You got to use visualization in your life, ladies and gentlemen. You can't sit there and 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 and, exp and and have a piss poor attitude about the expectations that you might have, and then expect it to go differently, right? And, and and Kate talked about this, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on the bad shit in your life, guess what? You're going to get more bad shit. It's called the rectangular activation system. So if I tell you to look around your room right now and say, show me everything that's blue, 
I'm going to be like, blue, 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 blue. Like, Chris, I got it. I got everything that's blue. I'm going to fucking win this contest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue, blue, blue. All right. Tell me what was green. Tell me what. You, you told me liquid, but it's blue. Yeah. So you were looking for blue. You didn't find green. Same thing happens in your life, ladies and gentlemen. If you're looking to be disappointed, you most certainly will. But if you sit there and say, like Kate said, I'm going to dedicate myself in this moment to declare that I'm no longer that person I was. That was yesterday's, Chris. That's often what I do is I separate myself from the identity that I was a guy that took pills. I was a guy that used pain pills, not used them, but I used them for my pain, but they really didn't do much anyway. And I know that they're not good for my body. So it's like, why take them? You know, it's just one of those things. I would just take it and just, you know, you just take it and just, okay, why am I taking this? What am I doing with it? Is it really doing me any good? Is it hurting my liver? Did I sign up to stay here an awful long time to see my kid have kids and be a grandfather? Yes. Okay. Why am I putting that stupid shit in my body? Stop doing it. That's yesterday's Chris. So for whoever you are, that's yesterday's Michelle. That's yesterday's Tony. That's yesterday's Scott. And then decide that you're going to take one step at a time. If you're in massively shitty shape, cut out sugars, drink half your body weight in ounces of water, Get some sleep, get some vitamin D, get your vitamin D tested, go out and get some sunshine every single day. Get the basics in, give yourself six months to a year, figure out how you feel, go through that process because you've survived hundred percent of all the things that you've been through in your life. So if you've learned from your mistakes, then I want you to go make more of them. Go make more mistakes. All right. We'll see you here next week on the Ron and Scripted show. And for next week, since you guys always want to know who's coming up next. <clears throat> oh, look, Kate McLaren is going to be back on next week and the week after the week. Kate, did you know you were, Kate, you're, you're going to be on like the next five shows. Um, no, seriously, next week, um, we have Sean Dodd. You're going to dig this dude. I I'm, 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 I'm really excited for this interview. Cause I think, um, Sean is like the other male version of me, but he's like the, we actually joked around about it. He's like the GQ, you know, really dapper looking dude who wears, you know, nice shoes and stuff like that. And I'm the guy that walks in a bandana and a pair of vans and is like, Hey, what's up? Um, so he's going to be my guest on next week. We, we trade uh, jokes on TikTok and he's just a, he's a tremendous dude. So you guys are going to dig that. We're, we're both interested to see how the chemistry goes. Cause it's like, dude, we got to do something together. I just love your energy and da, 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 da. I'm like, I don't work with guys. I don't work. No, I, I, I deal with women. They're my favorite. Um, so next week, Sean Dodd, uh, check that out. After that, the following week is a sol solo show. Cause you asked me to do more solo shows. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, so anyways, take this advice. Go out there and do it. By the way, go visit noexcusescoach.com. I'm going to be um, relaunching my No Excuses workshop probably sometime in May. So if you want to go there, um, I believe there's still a little sign-up thing. Go there, noexcusescoach.com. I'm going to lower it this time because people gave me shit last time. So I'm going to do it for... I'm going to do it for... My heart's telling me 47 bucks. So an hour and a half, 47 bucks. Anybody watching this, listening to this, goes to noexcusescoach.com. Go there. If you can't find the link or something like that, send me a message and say, Chris, I want that deal. Cause last time I did 97. So just go on with my gut. All right. I love you guys. Go out there, be brilliant. And I will see you next time here on the Ron scripted show. Go be no excuses.